welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the Word of God, saturated with hymns of the faith, learning more about Him as a cure for maybe shot nerves, as one man said. Uh, I know that in my own personal life, many times the hymns of the faith have ministered so deeply to my soul when I was going through a difficult time. Today is Hymn History Friday. Uh, We're going to be examining a hymn that is a familiar one to at least my church assembly, my family, and hopefully it will be a blessing to you as well. But in the process of getting the information for this particular hymn and its author, I was reminded of uh, a friend of mine who is also a pastor. He pastors in Tennessee, and he was sharing his own testimony of how the great hymns of the faith have ministered to him, times when he was at low spots in life, and just at the right time, he began. He would go walk in a in a uh, in a remote location, and the hymns would come to his mind, like "Praise the Savior, ye who know Him, who can tell how much we owe Him." Gladly let us render to him all we are and have. And it might even be followed up with a verse of, All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? And of course, there's that old Scottish rendition of Psalm 23, The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want He makes me down to lie. In pastures green he leadeth me, the quiet waters by. My soul he doth restore again, and me to walk doth make. Within the paths of righteousness, e'en for his own name's sake. I can testify personally also to times when I would get up in the morning. I recently was out in September in a very remote location and would find myself getting up at the crack of dawn and uh, was suffering from some health issues and would go out and and, and walk around in, uh, in the sagebrush out west. And there were times that the hymns would flood into my mind and it would be a, a great comfort to me uh, that was going through such a a struggle at that time. What if I hadn't known those hymns? What if they were unfamiliar to me? I think I would have been that much more poverty-stricken in my soul because I wasn't familiar. That's why I take time to do this. Hymnody of the church has always been a vital window, uh, a vital source, excuse me, is a better word, a vital source of the grace of God as I meditate on hymns that are a reflection of the theology of Scripture, the teaching about Christ, I've been learning hymns since I was a child, and they have stood me well down through the years and bolstered my soul in my walk with God. They've reminded me of key truths and doctrines about the Lord, and that's why hymns are so important. That's why we sing them in church. Uh, And this time that we have together in a podcast on Hymn History Friday is designed to reacquaint you with some of these hymns and give you backgrounds to these, uh, because hymns are endangered species in many churches today, Um, the day of praise choruses and uh, Christian love songs with that often have the wrong emphasis and a man-centered philosophy about them. Uh, where video projectors have replaced hymn books. And there's nothing wrong with video projectors, but I'm suggesting to you to put your eyes on a book and to be able to read those truths and drive them into your heart 
really, really is critical uh, to singing heartily as unto the Lord. But as we sing these songs to the Lord, uh, the study of these old hymns of the faith that strengthen and steady us when we're weary, when we're worn, when we're going through difficult times, the ones that you sing out in the sagebrush or walking in a pine thicket or wherever you might be, hymns help us praise God. Uh, It's kind of like sunshine breaking through in a cloudy day. They provide uh, the uh, endless um, phraseology of praise to God that rise to his very throne. Uh, Hymns enable us to pray. Sometimes when you're too weary or you're too worn, uh, you can sing George Matheson's great hymn, Oh, love that will not let me go. That, that man knew what that was like, having lost his eyesight or in the process of losing it. And upon finding this knowledge out, his fiancée decided to leave him, saying, I can't be married to a blind man. And so George Matheson sets down and writes that song, O oh, love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. Or Hudson Taylor's favorite hymn was, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Well, hymns are so vital. You remember singing some of these when you were a kid? Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 15, the Bible says, He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. What a great verse that is. It was penned by the hymnist Isaac Watts. He was a man who the Lord used tremendously and is the author of the hymn that we're looking at today. And the name of the hymn is, I Sing the Mighty Power of God. This hymn uh, I'm not sure whether you are aware of this or not, but it was published uh, in 1715. And it was published in a book entitled Divine and Moral Songs for Children. It was actually a children's song that was written. Uh, my, how times have changed in the songs that children sing. But Isaac Watts literally wrote, I sing the mighty power of God for children to be exposed to the teaching of Scripture about uh, the worship that is due to God. Isaac Watts I've talked about before. Just briefly, let me remind you that uh, during his time, it was a novel thing for new Christian hymns to be written. Prior to Isaac Watts, churches that were Bible-believing, solid churches, usually only sung from the Psalms, the Psalter. And actually, it began to split many churches, including one church in Bedford, England, uh, which was pastored by John Bunyan at one time. And the controversy jumped over the Atlantic Ocean. And in May of 1789, there were in the Presbyterian Church meeting in Philadelphia, uh, there was this great contest that was going on in the in the uh, philosophy of the church that we're either going to use the Psalms of David or Isaac Watts. We can't use both. Well, uh, actually, Isaac Watts uh, wrote some wonderful uh, hymns that are a blessing to us today. In 1712, Isaac suffered a breakdown from which he never really fully recovered. Uh, He asked his church to discontinue his salary, 
but instead they raised it and hired a co-pastor who assumed the bulk of the pastoral duties, and Watts remained as the preacher and pastor the rest of his life, preaching as often as he could. Uh, there was a wealthy couple in the church, Sir Thomas and Lady Abney, and they invited him to spend a week on their estate, and Isaac accepted and lived with them until his death 36 years later. And he really enjoyed the children that lived in that home, and that became the catalyst for him to sit down and write a number of hymns that were designed for the moral instruction of children. It actually sold 80,000 copies in one year and actually has been selling ever since. In his preface to that book, Isaac Watts wrote this, quote, Children of high and low degree of the Church of England or dissenters, baptized in infancy or not, may all join together in these songs. And as I have endeavored to sink the language to the level of a child's understanding, to profit all, if possible, and offend none. And the one of the hymns that he put in there became actually very popular with adults as well. The original title was Praise for Creation and Providence. But the hymn is familiarly sung by us today as I sing the mighty power of God. And that's how the first line begins. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command and all the stars obey. Second stanza, I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with his word and then pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed where'er I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread or gaze upon the sky. Verse 3 and the last one. There's not a plant or flower below but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care, and everywhere that man can be, thou, God, art present there. Wow, what a great hymn. I encourage you to meditate on the words of that today. Teach it to your children. Clearly, it's not beyond their understanding. And teach them about God's power and give him praise for his creation in all that he's done. God bless you today. Hope that this uh, this Lord's Day coming up will find you in a house of God, in a Bible-believing, teaching church, and that you'll not neglect that time to start your week off on the right foot. I'm praying for you. I pray for all the listeners of this podcast, and I'm praying that you'll be successful in your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. 